This song is by Cynthia Arrivo, Stand Up, from the Harriet movie. We're going to talk about it before we get in the show. Now, Brother Ben, I ain't seen it, y'all, so I ain't going to have much input. I'm going to feed off Jake. I've been walking with my face turned to the sun. Weight on my shoulders, a bullet in my gun. Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head Just in case I have to run Want me to sing it? I want you, I want you to look at the lyrics <laughs> I do what I can when I can While I can for my people While the clouds roll back And the stars fill the night That's when I'm gonna stand up Take my people Can feel it in my bones. See people who really help this, they help their people. This song hits you like here. This sound like one of them hymns they sung on the plantation. Sang, you know I kind of made up mind. That was the star of the movie. Oh, she can really sing. And I don't mind if I lose any blood on the way to salvation. Mm. Come on. And I'll fight with the strength that I got until I die. So I'm gonna stand. Yeah. Take my people with Y'all come on me. With you, boy. Together we are going to a brand new. We calling now. Calling me to answer, gonna keep on keeping on. And I know what's around the bend. I know what's around the corner. Might be hard to face cause I'm alone. And I just might fail. But I know I try. Don't be copyrighted <laughs> to a brand new home <laughs> far across the river. Can you hear freedom calling, calling me to answer? Gonna keep on keeping on. I'm gonna stand up, take my people with me. Together we are going to a brand new
Yeah, that's a heavy song right there, man. I don't think we will be able to play that whole entire song, but hopefully we can play a little bit. And the little bit that we play as a disclaimer, we do not own the rights to this song. To this song. But we're going to talk about it, that's for sure. And uh, the reason why I want to talk about it, first of all, this is God Can Numbers. This is Jake Taylor Jacobs. And I'm Brother Ben X. We brought this show to you so that we can eradicate poverty of the mind, spirit, and of your bank account. Bank account. Man, I, I, man, that song, first of all, the movie, off the chain. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what nobody say. According to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, now uh-huh. we know social media is not always correct, uh-huh. but they didn't like the movie. Well, Brother Ben, you, you, you've you been a man of a great stature. Uh, you've been a man that uh, is known for saying, sometimes you got to go get the truth for yourself. And Brother Ben, I think that it's time for you to get the truth for yourself when it comes to Harriet Tubman. Don't worry about what everybody else is telling you. Your brother across the table from you is telling you that that movie is deep. Mm. And it's one of the first slave movies that didn't depict us being like brutalized or beat up. It was literally like a victory. And I don't know what people are saying. It looked like more white people were helping them when the movie was about, about a black woman and a black man helping Harriet. Mm. <laughs> I got to go see it then. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'm going to get it on bootleg. No, nah, but you got to pay for that one. Well, he said something about Comcast. What you say about Comcast? Mm-hmm. And they hosting the movie or something like that? Okay. Well, I'm not going to bootleg it. What I meant to say is I'm going to get it on DVD. There you and go. I'm gonna, <laughs> and I'm going to watch it uh, a little bit later. But what are some of the principles that you pulled up out the movie? I know you're going to get them principles. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get them principles. <laughs> One of the biggest things, um, you actually heard it in the song when she says... Um, I know what's around the bend, which means I know what's around the corner, but I'm still willing to do what it takes to get my people free. Uh, even if it means that I got to do it by myself, I'm going to do it anyway. And it, and it kind of let me know. It, it kind of convicted me, Brother Ben. It made me ask myself a little bit deeper, am I willing to um, do whatever it takes to free my people? Am I willing to um, even sacrifice my life, my freedom, uh, to to progress and and free guys folk and it, it really it, it was a, it was a convicting movie for me because Harriet was free mm. this is history um, Harriet was free for an entire year and she said she couldn't stand being free herself and knowing where she came from they didn't they weren't free because Philly where she was most of the blacks that were there were are they were born free mm. so. She, they didn't understand the fight in her belly when she said, you know, I'm free, but I'm going back. They were like, yo, for what? You free. And she's like, I can't stand to be here when I know my friends and my family are still in th- those situations and I'm free. So and so she 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 did it on her own and then people began to support her when she was when they saw that there was nothing that was gonna stop her. So one was the first principle was deciding what you're gonna live for. Mm. In deciding what you're going to die for, it's the same thing. What are you willing to die for? What, what, what are you willing to stand for that's going to separate you from all the other peers? 
and what you're willing to stand for, you're going to realize that people will come around to support you depending on what you are willing to stand for. So she she didn't care who was going to support her. She was just down for what she stood for, whether she was going to die or not. That's what, principle one. What, what do you think it takes? Because I think uh, that is a great, um, I guess, theme for this particular show because me and you are two individuals who are going back Thanks. into our community to, to save them and free them as well. Uh, and a lot of people do have that mindset that you're exactly talking about. Uh, why would we go back? Yep. You know what I mean? Every man for themselves, yep. you know, lead a hood. Don't go back to the hood. Yep. Forget them. Thanks. So what was it for yourself? And I'll talk about me first that, that forced you. Cause I think you talked about how you had that mindset maybe for a split second yep. and you said, Hey man, you yep. know, I can't. So for me, man, it was about, I always wanted to, um, have siblings. So for those who don't know, I have uh, 21 biological brothers and sisters. Uh, six of them I know of. Four of them I actually know as far as interacted with over and over again who uh, I who actually feel like brothers and sisters. And so for me, I grew up in the uh, home by myself. I grew up uh, in, in a single, not a single parent home, but uh, I was the only child. And uh, I actually created a character which represented a little brother or a brother for me. And I always just wanted to help people since I was younger. And when I began to uh, become conscious or aware from listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, it felt so good to me that I couldn't keep it all to myself. Yeah. So it wasn't like, a, it, it just like, a, there, was a, there was a story this brother that was I telling me about one time. couldn't keep it to time. myself. And, you know, we talk about the cup runneth over. Uh -huh. And he said he was at some church or some organ something one day, and, and, and the guy was preaching or uh -huh. teaching, and he said, well, if, if your cup runneth over, then go grab, a, go grab a saucer, go grab a plate, and make sure you got that water that's coming on out of it. And the brother said, no, I'm going to tell my brother to go get your plate, and you come get some of this cup. Or this water that's yeah, running, running over. over. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, man, this is this is this is waking me up, man. This is making my life better. I'm, yeah. I'm finally understanding the principles of the Bible. I'm start. I'm finally starting to understand life, and I'm and I just love seeing other people uh, awaken and wake up. And to me, that's what real eternal life is. So when you look into the scripture, people still talking about Jesus in 2019. People still talking about Paul and Solomon. In 2019, so I want that kind of life to where it's not about I was all about Brother Ben X. I was all about the shoes that I had. I was all about the money that I had because I'm not going to live on if I'm only living for myself. If I'm only living for me when I die yeah. physically, I'm yeah. going to die in the world as well. But Jesus was in the highways and the byways. Yeah. They said, Jesus, why are you sitting over there with the sinners? Yeah, he said, man, well, look, man, and if, I, if I'm the doctor yeah. and these people are the ones who need to be sick, yeah. I need to be by them because I want them to hear my father's word. Yeah. And the reason he's still being talked about today and the reason he lives is because he's living on through us yeah. because we're still speaking that word. We're still speaking, uh, uh, living that word that he taught on. Same with Michael Mack, same with Marcus Garvey, same with uh, Dick Gregory and yeah. all of our other great leaders. You're not going to live on and still be talked about if you only living for yourself. Listen. Nobody coming to your uh, to X. your funeral and saying, man, brother Ben X had all the nice shoes. He had all the nice cameras. <laughs> They're going to talk about, man, he affected me in this way. Yeah. He told me this and my life changed this way because of him. I started a business yeah. because of him. I got my marriage together, whatever the case may be. So for me, man, I believe our purpose 
is not only something that's going to affect ourselves and our family, but something that's going to affect humanity, and that's how you're going to live on. So it's just that that good feeling that I had. Like when I dropped 40 points in 10 assists or whatever the case may be, it did feel good when I put the stats on online and yeah. people came to the game, brother BNX, you good. But for me, when I started to teach the truth, it's a whole different kind of feeling you get when you see somebody say, man, you changed my life. Mm. So that's what it was for me. Ooh, well, well, it, ooh, what it was for me was, um, was first of all, <clears throat> uh, I built my business off biblical principles. I built relationships off biblical principles. And I, too, uh, looked at the Bible and said, well, if, 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 if Apostle Paul can be quoted for so long, mm. uh, that's how much value he brought outside of himself. And that's the same type of value that I wanted to be, that I wanted to have. Um, if, if, if all these great leaders, the Bible says, the greatest among ye shall be a servant of all, which means that if you look at all the greatest men and women that ever graced uh, this world, this place that we call earth, they were servants first. He said, the greatest among ye shall be a servant of all. You look at all those that led or that have great names that live 20, 30, 40, 100 years past when they passed away, uh, they served. There was, there was a sense of servitude that they gave and poured back, uh, um, helping people become free. And I, I was first convicted with my salvation. I said, well, if I can be made free, if, if 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 I was made to see, if if I was made to hear, if if I was rose from the dead metaphorically, uh, and and um, and um, allegorically and allegorically, if I was raised from the dead, who am I to see what life living is and not to tell anybody else about it? Mm. And then I began to challenge myself, and I said, well, if I can do that spiritually, who am I to try to just get good financially and only keep it to myself. And and that's something that even my wife and I, we kind of battle with. She's like, babe, if you just stick to you, like we ain't got none of these, you know, problems. We ain't got to worry about no agents leaving you. Cause you can make the money. You good. And I said, baby, that ain't me. There's something inside of me that pushes me to want to be a human being, which is to move somebody else forward an exchange of energy. I want to exchange an uh, uh, energy exchange as a human being to be able to push and progress somebody else for we're not animals uh, we're, we're not animals to what their root is which is survival mm. they're trying to survive uh our our as human beings our job is to thrive so we want to be able to pour into somebody else so that we can see something great happen through them through our works and so that's kind of how it was and then i began to build the business and then things kind of started being like that so when i was watching harriet tubman talking about this first principle when i was watching harriet tubman i was like yo like she remind me of Moses, of you know, you know, uh, uh, Christ. You know, you know, in uh, Genesis eighteen, uh, Jesus was in the flesh. I think he, I think he posted something about that uh, two days ago. Um, how God came in the flesh, mm. uh, Genesis eighteen. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw it, I was like, "Yo, I knew I wasn't crazy. <laughs> 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 I knew I wasn't crazy." But he came in the flesh for a reason. Then he was trying to save. Always coming back. Always God always coming through in the flesh. Uh, uh always trying to save human human humankind. And I'm like, yo, like why? Why would he keep doing that? Clearly, clearly there's something bigger, there's something greater that he's trying to show us and going back even when you feel like you got it going on. So that's what I did. 
And that's what I do, and I do that through finances. I believe that we're financially in bondage, and I can't just get financially well and then not live the rest of my life trying to get as much people financially free. I just can't do it, and uh, that's, that's kind of what it is. So that was principle number one. I got three. The second principle that I, I, I got from it was um, um, uh, her desire to be free so much that she was willing to die for it. Mm. And um, why that hit me was because, Brother Ben, um, some people's desire to be free is negotiable. Uh, some people's desire to be free is free, but if you have the right price, I'll stay a slave to your ideology. Uh-oh. I'll stay a slave to to uh, your concept of how to make money and how to become financially independent. And depending on the price you give me will determine if I want to stay in captivity. Mm. And it reminded me, um, it, it reminded me of, you know, when she was about to, when she was about to get killed and the, the dude was trying to bargain with her. Like, yo, like you can come back. I ain't going to sell you off. I, I promise you, I'll make a clause where nobody can ever sell you. Just come back. Just come back. We'll take care of you. Well, I promise you, I'm sorry for talking to you the way I did. And Harriet looked at him and he was like, she was like, I'd die. I'd rather die to see if I can become free than to be in the hands of you and to know I had a chance. Mm. And so at that moment, I looked like, dang, how many times was I on the verge of being okay with getting bargained out of becoming an entrepreneur, becoming free and teaching other people? How many times did somebody tell me, hey, Jake, listen, I can give you a job. I can start you at 80000 I mean, you'll be, you'll be great in my company. You know, how many times did I give, I was close to giving up on my dreams and and if I didn't have something inside of me that says, no, I'd rather die. I'd rather die than, than to see what real freedom looks like. And having something to die for when it comes to freedom, that's the second principle I pulled. Now, what, what do you think about that? Man, as I listen to you say this, man, I really want people that's listening to this podcast and watching this podcast to really understand that you need to find what your passion is. Because once you find what your passion is, I don't believe you can be bought at that point. The reason I, I, I like what she said there, because even because if you compromise and you're getting paid for something, you already did anyway. Mm. See, if I'm doing something that I don't really want to do, they call that you have sold your soul. What profits a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us about See, when you're doing something, man, and it's not resonating with your soul, justice goes to sleep and wakes back up with you. So it looked like you're making a whole bunch of money, but when you go to sleep, you're not getting any rest. See, you're not really, you're not really at one with yourself. So some of us got uh, 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 Bugattis. Some of us got Gucci belts. Some of us got all these different clothes, but behind closed doors, off of social media, when you're not taking pictures in front of your car or somebody else's car, <laughs> Uh-oh. you know, you're miserable at life because you're not fulfilling your purpose. And I'm going to tell you all a little bit about myself and the reason I really want y'all to listen to this because I've tried a lot of things besides sell dope. Man, I done drop ship. Man, I done, tr- I mean, I done pretty much tried anything you can do online. I done made websites for people, all kind <laughs> of stuff, man. And at, at certain points, it was because I needed the money. I needed to make ends meet. And I was doing multiple jobs, not multiple streams of income, but I was just trying to do multiple jobs just to make ends meet. And what I found out about myself was I couldn't do it if I wasn't really into it. Just to tell you a person's story, when when Brother Jake was telling me about getting a license, 
he showed me how much money was being made, all that. But I was like, I'll get it later. I'll I get it later. Dr. Mo, Dr. Omar was like, you need to get your license right now. I'm like, I'll get Shout it later. Shout out, Dr. O. I don't care if he said, man, we making $200,000 a month. It wasn't until he broke down to me his family plan and until he broke down the generational wealth piece of it and how I can protect the generational wealth because I value and I believe in doing for yourself. I value and believe in passing down generational wealth. So if he would have told, like Prime America was talking about yeah. you can make all this money. There's a lot of MLMs that talk about making a lot of money, but I bought into the idea of it. This is what I was passionate about, freeing my people. I saw a way that I can free my people. I yeah. saw a way that I can free myself. I saw a way that I can help my son even when I'm gone. So when he told me about his grandfather being able to take care of his grandmother all this time. My, my wife, she doesn't she doesn't work, so I pay all of the bills. So if anything happens to me, you know, before I got the policy that I have now, you know, they she probably could have ran the business because at some in some kind of way, uh, I can't still make generation or I still can't make a residual income right. without me being there on social media. But it's not like the insurance policy, so that's what bought me in, not the money. So what I'm saying is, if, even if somebody buys you. With the money piece. You may be poor. You may be desperate. And and, and it sounds real Ooh. good. I ain't going to lie to you. When you desperate, them, uh, hey, man. How much we can make? You, right, you can turn $50 and we can add two zero. <laughs> it sounds real good when you when you desperate, man. And, and when they say, hey, man, what's your bank account? The guy within is telling you, do not get this for your bank you account information. But you be like, man, I'm going to go on and try it. I'm going to go on and try it. And you God, get it I hear you, but you find out that, boom, man, <laughs> it's not really what you that what you wanted. And even if it is something that, that's legit for me, I found that I can't really give my all to it, even if they pay me the money that I need because it's not my passion. And one thing I also like about the sister, uh, and I don't know if they talked about this in the movie, she said that I freed a thousand slaves. Yeah, they found out that was a myth, though. It was a, that, was a, that was a myth? Yeah. Well, even if it was a myth, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, our people don't know that they don't know. Yeah. So some of us are so ignorant. We think we got it all figured out. Yeah. And what I, what I, what I like being around other people like Brother Jake, he introduced me. A lot of this stuff I had the concept of, but I, I didn't know the details. Yeah. So every time I learn something new, I find out that, man, I really don't know nothing. So when people come to me, brother Ben, you changed my life. People have came up to me, a sister damn near passed out in front of me before, like shaking, crying because I changed the life or whatever the case may be. But when I meet brothers like brother Jake or the minister or anybody else who has a, a wealth of knowledge, I found I find out that, man, it's still so much to know. And the greatest thing that we need to know to close on a point is we need to know ourselves. We need to know what is my non-negotiables. You have to be not willing to. That's a bar. Record. You need to be recording this. <laughs> you, Record you, this. You, you can't. You you gotta have some non. No, no, you, you, you said that you gotta set what up. You gotta set. You gotta set what. Up? You gotta set your boundaries. Yeah. You gotta you gotta set these boundaries and not allow desperate times to allow you to make temporary decisions that you're going to regret tomorrow. Almost threw this phone at your forehead. And, 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 and that's, and that's really a bar. And I believe that principle can be applied to many things. So many brothers are, 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 are robbing people and killing people. Not because they evil people, man. It's because my daddy is at, is in prison. My mama is on drugs. I need to get this money. So I've heard, I've heard brothers say, man, every, every, every nigga out here looking like a lick to me, meaning that everybody I see, I, I'm looking to rob them. And it's because of the lack. It's because of the, the, the lack of financial literacy. So if you have these boundaries and these principles that you stand on, when a brother say, hey, man, we can rob this bank and we can make that money you're looking for. Hey, man, we can get this credit card scam and we can make this money you're looking for. When it's you can look bounds. at your boundaries and say, man, 
this out of boundaries, whether you desperate or not, because you've already set up these boundaries, you're not making a choice that's based off emotions and not, and not off of facts and those principles. The difference between organized ball and free ball is rules and boundaries. Mm. And um, uh, in order for you to identify the game as an official game, it has to be officiated by somebody who's officiating the boundaries and rules of, of, of the game. And so I think it's very important for boundaries. But I just want to challenge one thing you said. And it was passion. Mm -hmm. I believe passion is absolutely amazing. But if you look up the definition for passion, it means a barely controllable emotion. Let me Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. Look up the definition for passion. What is passion? Passion is strong and barely controllable emotion. What? A state of outburst, intense sexual love, and intense desire or enthusiasm for I think that's more the definition I'm going with <laughs> an intense desire and enthusiasm for but go ahead and finish your point but but what what I'm saying is it says a barely controllable emotion but if you think about intensity no one can keep intensity up for a long time which is why when people are passionate about marriage and passionate about my business and passionate about helping people and passionate about this and passionate about that the passion only can last so long Mm. See, see, fire can only catch to something of substance. Fire can't uh, stay fire unless it's attached to substance. And so what I would like to tell people is you, you want to find your purpose. See, your purpose is why you exist and you, your, your passion can feed off of your purpose. So you can keep a fire going as long as you keep wood in it, fresh wood. See, that fire can continue to go as long as fresh wood keeps getting introduced into that, into that fire's life. What I mean by that is if you look at a tree. See, wood is a tree. Mm -hmm. Wood is a chair. Wood is a table. Wood's a door. Wood's a home. Um, wood has many purpose uses for it. Now, how we use that wood is depending upon that wood calling on our life. So we're the wood in this society. We're the wood in this life. Sometimes uh, we know that we're supposed to be doing something bigger than ourselves. But as wood, I may be called uh, to start a campfire when you may be called to build a house. When you may be called to build a house. Uh, I, uh, Amir may be called to be a wood bookshelf when Connie on the outside may be called to be a door. All these things are important in the reasons as to, you know, why we exist and the purpose of us, our existence. But we got to understand that passion, you find passion in what you've been called purpose to do. So if 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 I want to be passionate, I got to make sure that I'm aligned and where I was called if my purpose to be. And so for me, my purpose is to inspire and help people. But I can inspire and help people being a teacher. I can inspire and help people being a basketball coach. I can inspire and help people by being a preacher or a minister. I can inspire and help people by being uh, a, a police officer. I can inspire and help people by being a firefighter. But my calling on my life, my wood is financial industry, financial education. That's my wood. That's where I'm supposed to be. And then I find passion by finding my purpose. And the passion can feed off the purpose because the purpose is the actual thing of substance. And so I think a lot of people, you know, say, you know, find your passion and follow your passion because it is intense. Fire is hot. It can burn through anything. Mm -hmm. But fire without substance is nothing, mm -hmm. which a lot of people are passionate about nothing. They have no substance to themselves, which is why they're always burning with desire for a thousand different things, looking, just burning, burning up the place. That's why I like uh, saying that um, motivation without instruction is destruction. Ooh. 
See, I can motivate you, but yeah. motivate you to go do what? I can say, go hard, young brother. You are you was made to be great. And you thinking in your <laughs> mind, yeah, I'm made to be the greatest drug dealer out here in this bad boy. <laughs> so you have to give them the instruction. And one of my three P's is in my book is passion, purpose, procrastination. Mm. Because like you're right, your passion has to have purpose your purpose is whatever you love to do most and what you do best and again i believe your purpose is not only going to serve you and your family but it's going to serve humanity uh, yes right so that's right that's when right you find that passion what you like doing like for example i oh, look at i look at jesus right that's good jesus when he saw peter peter was doing what uh he was fishing right what uh, um uh peter was brought by andrew andrew brought peter to meet jesus Right, but he but he when he saw him he was fishing. He was a, he was fishing and Jesus when he saw him he made him in a fisherman, right? Yeah. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? Yeah. That's wrong. Uh -huh. How's it go? Uh, uh uh the two brothers, the boisterous brothers, can't think of their name, but Peter was brought by Andrew. Andrew heard about Jesus by way of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. He wasn't paint, he wasn't fishing at the time. Uh the two the two brothers that were fishers were somebody help me let me google it google it google it google it google it google it i always get they're the boisterous brothers so when i teach i always talk about being boisterous um they're the boisterous brothers so it's in math is it in matthews as jesus was walking beside the sea in galilee he saw two brothers simon and simon called peter and his brother andrew they were casting a net okay, into Andrew the lake. Peter. Okay, okay, for okay. Their, for they were fishermen. Then uh, Matthew four nineteen says, "Come follow me," Jesus said, "and I will send you uh, out to fish people, or in some cases they say make you fishers of men." So yep. one of them was Peter. Yep, you are. You are. Yeah. So when was they, Peter Cephas? Uh, I guess he went by another name. So in four eighteen it says, "Sea of Galilee." He had two brothers, Simon called Peter, yeah, uh, and his brother Andrew. But the point that I was making was they was, Peter. Yep. the point I was making was right. he was fishing. Yep. Right? They were just fishing. But he said, Come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Mm. So the point that I'm making is the minister said one time, he said, uh, one rap song is worth a hundred sermons. Well, and cold. a lot of people didn't understand that. That's because cold. I can listen to T D Jakes, I can listen to my man. What's my man named? Uh Brother Monroe. Uh, uh Doc Miles Monroe. Brother uh Miles Monroe. Uh, I can listen to all of the great preachers and they have great principles and they have great lectures, but I got to listen to that three, four times to really pull out all of the principles. But that two chain song, that, that Drake song, that Jay-Z song, I, I, I still remember my mind. He said, uh, when, when Jay-Z was talking about credit in four, 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 you could remember some of those principles because you, you know, we learn our ABCs like that. A, B, C, D. So actually sometimes I got to sing the whole song just to catch and see which one. Yeah. Yeah. See which one it is. So he didn't say, Hey, Peter, I want you to come and be a mechanic. Follow me and be a mechanic. He didn't say, Peter, follow me and, and, and be a chef. That's right. He said, follow me. I'm going to make you a fisherman. So he saw what Peter's passion was. Mm. He saw what their passion was, and he talked to them and developed them and nurtured them into being something that was greater than what they were going to be if they just remained fishers. Mm. So for me and our community, we have a lot of people that got great skills. Mm. We have a lot of people that do things very well, but they just need to be developed. They just need to be cultivated so they can rise up to their higher purpose. So once you find your passion... Then you find your purpose. So at one point, there was a brother who just loved basketball. 
There was a little brother who just he couldn't get away from the basketball court. That was his passion. Then he found out that if he became a coach, he can now he can now uh, uh, help other little young brothers' lives. He can start to teach them principles not only of basketball but of life. Hey, young brother, I know you're a PG right now, but uh, you're not too good at shooting, brother. You, you're not pretty good at that three-point. You see that two-guard right there? Pass it over to the two-guard and let him shoot the ball, and guess what? At the end of the day, y'all both win. So now he can teach the young brother unity through, through sports. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Stay in your lane. Instead of you trying to do this dunk, brother, I, I, I tried to dunk on Marcus Smart one time. <laughs> man, I don't know if y'all know who Marcus Smart is, man. It's a brother who's I in the do. league right now. And we used to play against him when he went at, uh, what was he at, Neiman Market? What's the uh, school did he go to? Flower Mound, right? And so we on now, we on TV. I don't know who I think I am. I'm coming down full speed down court. Marcus is coming. I try to go up to dunk. The ball flew all the way to the other <laughs> side of the of the court. But I should have stayed in my lane. I should have let my other brother, Kavar, if he had the ball on the break, let him dunk. But I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't, uh -oh. and I end up looking like a fool. So in life, we try to be somebody that we aren't. In life, we try to be another guy's position. When you're not allowing him to be his position and you play his and you play your position, y'all can actually go up and shine together. But when you're trying to be like him, you're going to end up looking like a fool. Mm -hmm. So now you're teaching those principles through the sport. So once you find your passion and then you find your purpose, then you stop procrastinating. See, when I first met Jake, Jake said procrastination is basically, you know what you're supposed to be doing. You're just not doing it. Yep. And the example that I always give, when you got that essay in school, you it, it ain't no, oh, I'm procrastinating on my essay, man. No, brother, you just don't want to do the dang essay. <laughs> So once you find that passion and you tie that passion with the purpose, meaning that now you yep. got direction. See, because when I when I do, purpose I got a, I got a GPS here every That's time. Good. Every time I come, I got to put a GPS in. So Siri's not going to give me no direction if I don't have the destination. See, and it's not until I put the destination in to Siri can say, hey, turn left, turn right. See, keep straight. So when you find your purpose, to me, your purpose is that destination. Man, I want to help 26,000 families. Man, I want to help 260,000. See, that's the, that, that's my purpose now. Now we know, hey, if you call me to do something other than this, I'm going my my Siri going to tell me to keep straight, brother Jay. <laughs> and if I and we all fall short of the glory of God, so if I end up turning left, Siri going to say what? Reroute, re brother, brother Jay. Uh, uh, you, you you turn, brother Jay. Yeah. So you have to have that purpose that goes along with the passion. It. So I agree with that. Purpose is direction. And for you guys who wonder where where brother Jake was going with that is John 1 Verse 40 through 40 through 42, when it was um, uh, where Simon Peter went to go get his brother um, and Jesus changed his name from Simon to Cephas, mm. which was known Peter. So um, that's where I was going with that so that, you know, that I ain't pulling nothing out of my hat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go get that Bible reference. Let you guys know where I was coming he from. He told that Bible. Um, Y'all told that still. Um, that's coming. That's coming soon. That's coming soon. But so 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 that was that. Um, but I, I like the purpose needs direction. Purpose is direction, and passion is the vehicle that gets you there. Ooh, that's cold. That's it right there. Oh, we just made that, that one together. That's a tweet. We made right that there. one live. Purpose is uh, your direction, and passion is the vehicle to get you there. 
and 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 you have to know that that vehicle has to be fueled. Mm. See, if I if I put that if I put that vehicle on that road to direction to the direction, it's gonna stop. Mm. It's it's gonna have an oil change. Sometimes you're gonna get a flat tire, but all you do is just reboot that passion, reboot that vehicle, get it back on that road, and get back to where you want to go. So it's very mm. important that you have to go. And that analogy was just made live at five Man, on that's Brother heavy. Ben News. That that is really heavy because that what the exact analogy that you have yeah. it's not that people are are on the wrong path yeah you just ran out of gas yeah. you need to that and that's why i think mentors are important cool. i think consulting is important <laughs> because a lot of us because some didn't work in that first yeah. month oh man this ain't it yeah so you try drop shipping yeah then you done tried selling insurance yeah. then you done tried M- mca then yeah. uh, uh what is, what is mca yeah. mca then you done tried primarica yeah and you didn't even try to build out your list oh you didn't even try to apply everything that they told you to do it's just because you stopped too early you ran out of gas all you had to do was go to a gas station mm. and refill to keep going mm. so just remember guys purpose is your direction passion is your vehicle to get you there and you will run out of gas you will have oil changes so you stopping and taking a pit stop mm. to get your oil and get your f- uh, fluid together so that you can be able to energize your vehicle is a-okay but do not stop the direction and you said something Brother Ben, that popped up to my in my head. You say, stay in your role, play your position. I remember I was a point guard too, and one of the things that um, I believe I did really well was I did good at being a general for our team, and I only stepped up to shoot big shots when needed. Mm. Other than that, I made sure everybody else was taken care of. That was my role. Your role on your team as a point guard was to uh, uh, was to ignite the offense, which was to be a offensive weapon. As the point guard on the road, is that, is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, make plays. So your job was to make plays, and my job was to be the quarterback, the coach on the court, making sure everybody was in a position that they needed to be. But odds are that when you play your role and you play your position so well, the coach, God, the coach uh, um, uh, respects your decision-making and always puts the ball in your hands when mm. it matters most. And I think it's very important because now today it's funny that uh, 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 Christ made uh, fishermen's uh, uh, men of uh, fishers of men out of out of uh, Simon and Peter, uh, out of something that they were already doing. And mm. me being a point guard, I just feel like my job as a point guard uh, in, 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 in progressing the kingdom is to do one thing: uh, be the coach on the court. Uh, for my father my mm-hmm. job is to make sure that i'm progressing the kingdom forward and i got everybody in their positions to make sure that we're doing right so what god will do he'll prep you in your in your adolescent life so how, on how he's going to elevate you in your adult life see he prepped me on the court to be a point guard to always think about my team first and that prepped me in my my adult life to be able to always think about the people first and make sure i'm progressing moving ahead see he prepped you brother ben because you was always thinking often like you want to score make sure that you was always aggressive on on making sure that you are um instilling your will or instilling um uh, authority for lack of better words on the court so right now when it comes to you evangelizing and you doing the will of 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 of, of the bible and the principles you're aggressive in how you score you're always putting up content you're always putting up shots versus me my job was to pass and make sure everybody was taken care of still doing our role but it's funny how god uses what we've already mm, been doing that's a good point and he puts us in a position and says hey brother ben don't stop shooting you keep shooting put up shots because your shots are going to go in. Hey, Jake, you need to be a lot more conservative. You need to make sure that you're making sure you put people in positions to win. And we're still operating in the same positions that we're operating on the court when you begin to look at the game that we play now on the big stage, which is the kingdom. 
Man, that's man, that's a heavy point, and I never thought about it like that, man. You know what's crazy? Because now, <laughs> even when I think about business, I'm always striving to get us new business. But when it comes to that defense, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, one year I got defensive player of the year, but accident. it wasn't necessarily my strength. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to, hey, call, help, help, call our help. Now I'm Ro- James Harden now. Y'all know. <laughs> you know, we got to rotate something, man. But what I want you guys to pull out of these two examples that he gave is the principles. Yeah. Because what I get out of it, I can look at Chris Paul, but I'm not going to be Chris Paul. I can look at how Jake played, but I'm not going to be Jake. Yeah. We was both great by being who we are, but right. you can still pull out the principles of what each person used to be successful. And I think that's why this podcast is going to be one of the greatest podcasts uh, out there when it comes to collaborations, because we delve into the principles of things and we're not forcing our way on you. We just striving to be a good example, that's right. give you the principle uh, right. principles of what's being said right. so that you can apply it to your own life. Right. And I want you guys to know that we're still going to get to the strategy, but that's we right. d- definitely want to be heavy on mindset. Yep. Mindset is very important. The scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every action that we have is led by a conscious thought. So if we don't get your mind right, we cannot get your behind right. right. So what's that third principle you had? And the third principle was, um, the third principle was, um, there's no retirement. Mm. Uh, She did it until she was 91. She died at ninety one. How many of us we got a we got a number that we got to hit? Right. When I when when I help twenty people, I've done my part, and it's their job to help twenty more. Mm. When I help, when I free a hundred people, and after I free them, it's their job to go free more. No, 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 no. Harry Tubman devoted her entire life to freeing. She didn't even have kids. She got married and didn't even have kids because she wanted to make sure she kept herself available. When she ever needs to be called to help bring people free, what are you willing to sacrifice wow. in order to make sure that you do your job in bringing people uh, uh, um, into the promised land? And, and it's funny, uh, Brother Ben, when we think about that, um, you know, we're always in phases of bondage. See, Moses went and got uh, the people who are in bondage in uh, the, the Israelites that are in bondage in Egypt, and most of them didn't even know they were slaves. Uh, they just thought that that was the way of life. Then he got them free, and then as he began to get them free, and it was in the wilderness, they began to question what freedom was. Mm. They wanted to go back to Egypt, and they wanted to go back to those ways because they're like, "Yo, it was better in Egypt. At least we knew what to eat." Mm. And then there was in the, there was in a stage in between of not being physically in captive, uh, uh, captive, but they were mentally captive. And then it, it kind of happened again. We were four hundred years slaves in America. And now we're free, but I feel like right now we're in the wilderness. Mm. And and we're not physically captive, but mentally we're in the same place that they were in the wilderness trying to go into the land of milk and honey. And I think if you're not willing to continue to do what you do until you die, that it was probably not your purpose. Mm, that's a good point. Because there's no exit strategy to purpose. I don't have an exit strategy. I'm going to do this until I ain't got no, I'm going to do this until I'm 100 years. I'm dying at 100. My wife is dying at 105. We're going to die like the notebook on the same bed. <laughs> Facts. But the deal is, is I don't have an exit strategy. I'm not selling my company. I'm never stopping. I don't have a, when I get here, that's it. When I get here, I'm a vacation rest of my life. No, no, no. I, 
I'm going to do this until I got to get called home. This is my purpose, what I'm called to do. And when you know you're operating where you're supposed to, you don't see an end. You don't see an exit. You don't see a retirement. Retire to retire really means to die. Mm. What am I retiring? I'm retiring my purpose, my will. Am I retiring my, my, my habits? Am I retiring my passion? What am I retiring? If I'm going to retire my life away, what do I have to live for? I no longer require God's energy and his strength and his, and his spirit. He's going to take his spirit about my body and this meat suit going to go back to where it came. Mm. Gone. Meat suit. This meat suit. <laughs> right? This vehicle is going to be gone. And so we got, to, we got to get out of the mind. We got to figure out, if I think I found my purpose, the question is, if things get tight, if I have no money, if I if I don't get paid and I don't under, if I don't know where my route is or where I'm going to go, am I going to continue to do this? Will I am I willing to shed blood for salvation? Mm. Am I willing to do what it takes every single day, whether it makes me feel good or not, whether if I'm on vacation, I got to pick up the phone. Am I willing to make this my lifestyle? And what Harriet showed me was not only did she talk the talk, but she was about it for 91 years. She was about it. For, for 70 plus years of her being free, she spent the rest of her life making sure that she do whatever she can to progress her people forward to becoming free. So the question that I, I posed from that was, Jake, are you willing to do the same thing? Mm. And that's what really convicted me. I'm looking at her life like, yo, she died at 91 with no kids. So she completely submitted herself. She picked up her own cross. She killed herself. Uh, they, they said in the Bible, Jesus told the disciples, he said, you, uh, you, you, um, you need to hate your family. Mm. to walk with me. And what he meant by that was not to physically hate your family, but what he meant by that, for those of you guys to understand what he meant by that, because some of you guys hate your family for real, what he meant by that during those times, nobody left their family. Mm. You, you want, A man of the house didn't leave his family to just go do work. You stayed home. So when I'm leaving, I'm hate, it's like me saying I hate you. Mm. You got to have that same where you cut off all things that you, that you want to gain from it because you're like, yo, listen, I, I, I love what I do so much. It's going to seem as though I hate you, but I don't. I'm just called to do something bigger. And you know how, you know, Jake backed me up last week. Let me back him up because I know somebody saying, Jesus ain't never said that. Jesus, that, Jesus is peaceful. Even though he said I didn't come to bring peace, but that's another day. That's an, a whole um, other day. Luke 14, 26. Uh -huh. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother. Uh-oh. Wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. Sheesh. So and, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me uh -huh. cannot be my disciple. Now, where are, are a couple places that you see crosses? What's the main place you see a cross at? Uh, the, the, I see it on people chains. Yeah, you know. <laughs> on I see it at the hospital. You see it at the hospital? Yeah, I do see it at the hospital. See, for me, man, your 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 cross is your all of your all of your problems. To me, your cross is all all of your baggage that you have. Come on. See? And come follow me. Don't worry about all that. You pick all that up mm -hmm. and you come follow me. And to me, what it's saying is you have to deny your own life. I think one of the prophets say, I die daily mm. for the Lord. So to me, that means I have to kill my desires my and, 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 and fall in line yeah. with the will of God. Yeah. Jesus himself said, not my will be done. But your will. But thy will be Come done. Come on. See, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player, but he what? said, <laughs> huh? 
He said, I want you to shoot some threes for the Lord. Come on. I want you to get some assists for the Lord. See, I was number four in the city. See, some of y'all out there didn't think I had an assist out there. See, because you see a, 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 a scoring highlight, uh-huh. you say where the assist at. I just didn't make them kind of highlight. But I was number four in the assists, okay? But uh, he said, man, I don't want you to just be doing all this being number 15 in the nation. I want you to be topping the nation. Ooh. See, in the nation of God, I want you to be out here telling people how to come to me. I don't want you to be trying to recruit nobody to come to Cold the CBC, bloody. sons. I want you to come over here and be doing something for me. So you got to pick up your cross and follow me. I know you want to be out there doing all kind of things, but I have to deny myself. Meaning I have to deny my lower desires for my lower self. See, we have a higher self in us and we have a lower self. Some of us want to be lazy. Come on. And God has been inside of you calling you to a higher purpose and you fighting with that God within. I want y'all to realize that, man, you have been fighting with that guy with it. Every time you go to this job and you thinking, if you hate your job. Now, I, I, we were talking about this before. If you love your job and you're making good money or you work with somebody that you know, hey, man, do your thing. But if you hate your job and something is in you telling you, man, I'm miserable, I do not want to be going to work today, then you need to figure out how can you get off of that job? How can you steal away from that job? When I say steal away, I'm not talking about really steal away, but the minister says steal away as in instead of you spending this this extra money on a, on a, uh, on an MK bag, Brother Neary said you might want to get an OK bag. Okay, instead of you getting the, 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 the 11s that's going to come out every December, you might want to go ahead and get them Team J's. Get the get the get, just put the team J's on and put that extra money into maybe getting that three hundred and fifty dollars or whatever you need to get your your get your insurance thing going on. Maybe you want to put that into a side business. Maybe you want to put that into an investment so that you can flip your money and make your money work for you. Things of that nature. So for me, man, I think it's very important for us to uh, pick up our cross and follow in his way, because when you follow in his way, he gives you that blueprint. He said, he who, say, who, he who tries to save his life will lose his life. But he who's willing to lose his life will save it. And I think that's the principle that she said. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to lose my life over this. That's right. Because when you do not follow your passion and your purpose, when you don't really follow Christ in the way that you are supposed to, you are already losing your life. Spiritually and mentally. It said, Adam, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Well, He ate the fruit. They ate the fruit. But he was still being talked about later on in the scripture. He didn't necessarily die physically, I don't think. I think he died from a mental and a spiritual death. And that leads to an untimely physical death. So we have to get in accord with the God within. We have to get in accord uh, with the principles that we already know. Because some of us are not behind because we don't know. Some of us are behind because we haven't taken action. We're not willing to die. What are you willing to die for? What is the quote by Brother Martin Luther King? He said, if you're not willing to die for something, y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I love that. Let's, yeah, let, let, let's get that by Mar- Brother Martin Luther King. What did he say? It's a nice little quote. Not willing to die. Let me see if I can pull it up. He said, a man who does not have something for which he is willing to die is not fit, fit to live. To live. Think about that, man. He say, if you're not willing to die for this, you are not even fit to live. I think Drake said, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Dang. We're not really living, man. We're not living. And if it's not, if, if it doesn't convict you enough to where you're willing to actually give your life for it, 
give your life for it. See, some of us are willing to give our life as in, I'm really, I'm willing to die for this. If, if I'm willing to go out there and be killed. See, that's easy to say because everybody going to die. We <laughs> all going to die. But we need people who's willing to live, give their life for. See, Jesus, he sacrificed his life, meaning that he was willing to be persecuted, lied on, hated on. That's what we're going to have to go through. That's why it says, hey, man, if you're not willing to hate your family, give up all this other stuff, as he said, it's not literal. But what he means is you finna have to go through some persecution. You're going to be hated because of my name's sake. And if you're not willing to go through that, if you don't love something to be hated on, lied on, persecuted for, then that I don't know it. if you will. I don't, I don't know if that's it, man. That ain't it. Because if you want everybody to like you, if you want everybody to go your way, even Christ told his brothers, he says, see, it's, it's always a good time for y'all to go and, and be seen. Mm. When it was in, in Judea, uh, Judea, one of the feasts. He says, always y'all time. But for me, when I bring the word, when I have something to say, what I got to say off my chest, he said, I, I, I come to convict. Mm. <laughs> my word is a contradiction to the world. And so they're going to want to hate and kill me. So this ain't my time. So we, we talked about the mindset part, but it, it, it trickles right into especially the three principles that we pulled from Harriet um, um, when it comes to knowing what's around the bend, knowing what's to come. And it, it brings me to a scripture because we're going to talk about biblical principles to help you become financially free. And it brings me to the point where the Bible says that a man should observe an ant. Because an ant has no master and has no leader. However, it stores its food from the summer for the winter. And the question I ask for you is like the principle we talked about, what's around the bend, knowing what I know, that I'm willing to die for, that I'm willing to stand for something, willing to stand for something, knowing what the, what the, what the future is going to bring. What is your winter? So when it comes to finances, the Bible gives us plenty of principles in the Bible to be able to show us exactly how to become economically successful without having to always talk about money in a blatant way. And so we talked about observing an ant because an ant knows that in the wintertime it can't what, Brother Ben? What, yeah. is it, what, what can an ant do in the winter? Travel. It can't travel. Mm. Why is that? I don't know. Educate me on that. It's one. snow. Snow. Oh yeah, they ants. They small. <laughs> they they ants. They small. They can't maneuver. So they so they hibernate like any other like any other animal. They they store food so they have something to eat on until it's in the end of summertime and it goes right into spring. And so when we think about that, one of the things that we got to understand is that what are you storing your food? What is your food? How what makes you eat? How what what what, what provides you a way to be able to eat? Which is your what? Your money, your, your cash flow, your income. And so when it comes to income, what are you storing it for? What are you saving it for? Your winter. What is your winter? Your winter is when things get tight. Your winter is when you get old. Are we all not gonna get old? Absolutely. Your winter is for when you die. Are we all not gonna die? Your winter is from if if your child gets sick. What are the odds that your child won't get sick living in this life? Slim to none. So your eyes are, if you have children, odds are one of these days they're going to be what? Sick. sick. Uh, odds are one of these days you're going to be sick. If I'm driving a car, I got four rubber tires. Odds are that my winter is going one of these days, one of them tires is going to go flat. And I'm not going to be able to move in my car the way that I did when I had four good tires. So I'm going to have to what? Replace my tires. One of my one of my winters. What's another winter? My winter is if I own a home, there's a slim chance that somebody could possibly uh, burglar, burglarize my home because I own a home. So I got to make sure that I save my my money for my winter. So if anybody ever tries to break into my house, I have money that can what replace that I can eat on that can replace if somebody tries to break into my house. It's funny how we all go go through financial trouble and we blame God. 
God, where are you? God, what's going on? When when you, my sister, when you, my brother, decided to lay down with them unfit people, mm. them uncircumcised people, and you had them kids, mm. you laid down. You knew you couldn't afford taking care of yourself, but you decided to take care, uh, go and, go and uh, procreate when you didn't have stability of your own. Why? Because you weren't thinking about your winter. If I'm getting married and I know getting married is going to require me, we're probably going to have some kids. And I know that there's going to be a winter. What's my winter? When these kids pop out, my income will going to shrink real fast. So I need to what? Prepare for my winter. I need to prepare for tough times. I need to prepare for when things get cold, when my money gets stagnant. I need to prepare for job getting laid off. I need to prepare for my business going through bad and tough times. So the principle, one of the principles that you can take, especially coming from that Harriet, is she knew what was around the bend. She knew trouble was coming her way. She didn't live in an optimistic world where she's like, well, I got through. Everybody can get through. She knew that people would be coming for her and there would be opposition and things in her way that was going to stop her from progressing and moving forward. So if I know I want to become financially free, odds are that road won't be easy. So I need to prepare so that when things come up, I'm already taken care of because I stored money for my tough times. I stored money for my winter, and I'm not living and eating on all the food in the summer, expecting that all of a sudden in the winter some money, some food going to pop up out the sky. Because God ain't no spooky wookie. He ain't sending no food through the sky, and it's going to pop up in your, under your, under your uh, pillowcase. Not at all. Another principle I love about ants is they, 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 they use operational unity. Mm. I did some. Uh, I did an actual lecture on uh, on ants one time, and then I was doing my research. It talks about how they, the ants are just worried about what what that what that one ant is supposed to do. Everybody, every little ant is worried about what it's supposed to do, and it protects the queen. And uh, for us, and how I relate to the business, you don't have to know how to do everything. Mm. Did you see the interview, Brian? Brian uh, what's his name? The one you sent me? What's the brother's name? The one, you, the one you sent me? Yeah. I didn't get the chance to read it. So he talked it. about being introduced to the Weather Channel. Uh -huh. What's his name? Byron Allen. I'm sorry, Byron Allen. Um, he was he was introduced to the Weather Channel where somebody was trying to sell it. And he talked about, I didn't use my money. He said, I knew a billionaire that needed to invest so they can flip their money. He said that he used, he leveraged his relationship and he was the asset. So a lot of us are, 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 are striving to do all these different things when you are the asset. I say all the time, I had a course called Our Money. Why Our Money? Because money is what? A promissory note that acquires debt. Uh, we believe uh, through Brother Billionaire PA that knowledge is a promissory note that acquires uh, power. And if you use yourself as an asset, an asset is something that brings in money. Liability takes money out. So if I know my value and I make myself valuable through skills, talents, relationships, connections, and networks, I am an asset. So he said, I'm an asset. Be just off a relationship, he didn't have to put, well, he probably did have to build put in hours to build the relationship, but all of us can do that. I don't care if you're homeless. Sweat equity. I don't care if you're sweat, uh, sick. Yeah. Sweat equity. You got to build relationships. Go to some of these networking events. Uh, 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 oh, to add to that, to add to that, so to give you a little bit more fire on what you're talking about, because you're saying that uh, we are assets, right? Yeah. So we are in the exchange of cash flow uh, energy-wise. Mm -hmm. So if I'm putting in sweat equity and I'm an asset, it's the same thing as exchange of money. I just wanted to add that. Absolutely. And, and with that, what he said was he went to them, showed them, with a plan, how they could flip that money, and he got the three hundred million, I believe, to get the Weather Channel. Now he's a very wealthy man just off of those relationships. So that's just another way that you can make money operating on what you do best. If you're just a speaker, I mean, perfect speaking. If you just love people, perfect 
dealing with people. I'm not saying, Brother Ben, or I'm not saying don't go get a job. I'm not saying don't find a way to get income. But what I am saying, don't neglect the skill that you have. Hone in on the skill that you have because if you just do that one thing, that one thing may be a, a very valuable thing for somebody who got a lot of money. I know so many millionaires right now that do not know how to work social media. They got all this money, billionaires, millionaires, multi-millionaires and all this, but they don't know how to work social media. So all you young brothers out there yes. that know how to upload videos, you know how to comment, you know how to post videos, you know how Edit. to make videos. Do you know some of them be like, what app do I use? Me. They, they don't even know what app to use. You can be making so much money a week, a month by just fulfilling a need that they have. And that's what business is to me. I believe the formula, the formula to entrepreneurship is a problem plus entrepreneur equal problem solved. Facts. So when you look at Lyft or, or uh, what was it first, Uber, they said, man, look at this. Somebody got a car and they're not using that car. And they don't know how to turn their car into an asset. I built the platform. Mm. Somebody don't, they already know taxes is going out of style. Little Junebug ain't getting no rides from grandmama no more. Little Junebug, mama, ain't, she's at work. So she can't take her no more. So they built up a platform and say, hey, I'm going to get you paid, and I'm going to get you paid, and I'm going to get paid in the middle. But that's of God. Of God is to serve his people. Serve, man. And to find find yourself valuable and insert yourself there. So the the, the money is just a uh, indication. Money value what people see what they're willing to spend if somebody invests their money it's the most intimate um and it's the most intimate and most um uh um it should be the most appreciated form of flattery mm. because i worked hard i spent my time in most cases i, I spent eight hours to make 150 dollars and I saw you worth a day of my life. Mm, wow, that's a good point. I, I I spent I spent ten days of my life to make a thousand dollars, and I'm investing a thousand dollars into your knowledge, into this into this intellectual um, property that you have that you created, and I'm investing ten days of my life into the product that you have. That's servitude. Mm. That's what that God said. A grace among you shall be a servant. But I always say that it's because to, to, to be great, I have to be good at serving people and finding myself to be valuable in areas that they need us. Business 101 says, if I find a need, I feel it. Therefore, I make money. Come on now. That's it. That's simple. So what I what can I do well? What experience can I bring? What knowledge base can I bring to the table? And what value can I bring a group of people who need what I have to find myself uh, what I what I bring value to whoever needs that? And in turn, I can become the wealthiest man in the world, i.e. King Solomon. King Solomon knows that the, the, um, the kingdom of the Hittites and Syrians, they needed faster transportation because they needed faster transportation. See, what happened was he knew that he had horses and chariots. They needed faster transportation. So he found a way to get his horses and chariots on ship across water internationally so that he can be able to what? Give them what they need. And in return, he became the wealthiest man in the world because he did that better than anyone else. So if you take a pages out of the history of the Bible, you begin to see that the most successful people found a way to put themselves in service to be able to fulfill a need. David did the same thing. See what David did. He found himself valuable. He found himself valuable in the sheep, um, in the field with the sheep. And then he found himself valuable to give food to his brothers. Mm. Then he found himself valuable to offer his expertise. 
expertise of killing lions, tigers, and bears, and how there was no difference in killing uh, killing this uncircumcised Philistine. Uh, Philistine. And so what happened was David found himself of value. He found himself of value playing the harp for the spirits that, that God bestowed upon King Saul. And so when he found himself valuable, he found favor in the sight of Saul, who had enough trust in him to be able to tell him, well, if you can't, if you can't wear my armor, then go out there. Let me see what you got. And then because he was so valuable to the kingdom, they put him over all the army because he was so valuable in winning and winning uh, 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 battles on uh, on the army field uh, on the field. God saw already saw that he was fit to be a king. And all of a sudden he found himself to be a king about 40 years after he was first told to be a king. So what happens? What I'm trying to say is business 101 is finding a need and filling it. And most of us, we're looking around trying to figure out who's going to pull more money out they but to come help us um, uh, to come help and give us stuff versus saying, how can I find myself of value? When I began to sell candy in high school, I realized that people in high school, the kids wanted junk food. Mm. There were other people who were selling candy and juices, but I found value in, in the kids that wanted cold juices. So I began to put my juices in the freezer at night and then take the juices out, wrap it in paper towels, put them in the baggie, and put them in inside my bag. And so when I gave and I delivered customer service, I served people for what they needed most. They wanted a cold drink in the middle of in the middle of the school day. I made sure that my candy wasn't crinkled up and wasn't beat up because I wanted to make sure that whatever value that I brought to them, they saw value enough to come back. Mm. And so business one on one is being a servant, finding a way to find yourself to be valued, uh, to be considered valuable to what people need. If people don't need what you're trying to offer, then you're in the wrong business in the wrong time. So that's what people need to do. They need to be able to understand that this is a value-based system and how much money you make is predicated upon how much value you bring to society. God said, uh, it said in the Bible that, that you'll be able to uh, build wealth or riches in, in the kingdom for what you do here on earth. I mean, you know, that's what the, that's what it says. And so when you go in and you look at that, what does that mean? How much value did you bring to God's kingdom? How much value, how many souls did you save in order to help increase uh, uh, um, uh, who he is and, and who he is to us as a group of people? So that's what it is. Find yourself to be valuable. Stop being so caught up in what makes you feel good. And start being caught up in how much value you can bring somebody. And in that value, you're going to realize you thought you were supposed to be a chair, but indeed, you're better as a bookshelf. Mm. You know what, man? What I like about uh, ants as well is that they're stronger than human beings. Based on proportion. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. No. So what I mean is. He just wanted to press the button. I just wanted to do that. <laughs> no, but. um. What I learned about ants, even as a young brother, man, when I used to kick over ant pals, I probably shouldn't have done that when I was younger. I know some of us probably have done that as well. And I killed some just because. You know what I found out? What? Is that the next day or maybe two days later, they, they got, built the ant pile right back up. They got a bigger hill. Bigger hill. <laughs> bigger than what it was the first time before you kicked it off. Why are you saying that, Brother Ben X? Because an ant with the small brain that an ant have has more intelligence than some of us as human beings. So you saying they don't throw a pity party? When, they don't say comes no justice, no peace, no peace. <laughs> they just say, "Hey man, we finna build this thing right back up." Why are you saying that, brother Ben? Do you know, brother uh, Jake, that many people on my Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube have said, 
why would we build something when they tore down Tulsa, Black Wall Street? Whenever we build it, they just going to destroy it anyway. They didn't say that. They say it. Every year, somebody say, why we build this? Why we come together and do this? Why we come together and do this? They, gonna, they ain't going to let us do it. They going to burn it down anyway. What is your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm built different. So <laughs> I, I'm just, if I can build it once, you tear it down, I build it again. That makes me that much greater. Mm. You tear it down again. I, like my company was taken twice from me. Wow. Speak on that. Because uh, it's going to be some trials and tribulations in business. Yeah, my company was taken twice from me. It won't, you know, just in case uh, uh, this person listens to the podcast, uh, uh, it was some skeezer stuff being done and some unethical things were, were being had. And uh, this person was forced to step down from the company because of unethical uh, reasonings. And um, they left the company. And, and uh, when he left the company, uh, they began to solicit my agents. And all of a sudden, he they ended up with all my leads and all of my agents all of a sudden, you know, wanted to get access to these free leads that I no longer had, but he had all of a sudden. Mm. And so he enticed my entire business, and all of my agents were gone, literally signed right from under me. Wow. And um, with that, uh, I had two options, soak about it, and I did for about two weeks, not even going to lie, or rebuild it again and let them see, dude, I'm the real one. Mm. you ain't so i built it again we did one hundred four thousand. the moment that we uh the, that very month that we um that we decided to get back on pace we did 104 and the numbers that we're putting up as a company are nothing compared to what he tried to take from me nothing compared he can't even keep up mm. that's how bad i am but you know what it, what it did it made me better See, see, when 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 people t- take stuff down and they tear it down, sometimes you need to just think that's God's way of telling you that you need to build a better infrastructure. Mm-hmm. See, something can be easily torn down, and something can be easily um easily uh, uh uh destroyed. That just means that our security system ain't strong enough. So you can't you can't breach the government. You know, the reason why you can't breach the government is because the government's been breached before. And so, because the government's been breached before, they put up. It taught them better security infrastructure. So, Absolutely. so, so if I'm a hacker, if I hack into the government system, they don't put me in jail. They, they, they say either jail or come work for us. Mm, come on, either jail or come work for us. They, they hire the very people who broke their system. They find a way to empower the ver- the very people that broke their system. Now, now, brother Jake, Jake, now I ain't gonna empower no white person. <laughs> Now I ain't gonna now I ain't gonna do that. They tore it down. What I am saying is versus being upset, you need to thank them because we were living an optimistic life as if they were just gonna allow us just to be. So that means that versus building my own infrastructure, that means that we probably need to have more African Americans in the law force in a law force um uh, in a in a in the law system to make sure that those areas that we're patrolling that we're good. We probably need to make sure we have our own security that are licensed and 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 um have the license to be able to carry to protect the little region or whatever that we're building. We probably should put infrastructure and don't be so optimistic and think that uh, a great day is a surprise and if war pop off, it's part of the day. Mm. See, see, most of us, especially African-Americans, especially when we go start building business, it's all rainbows, rainbows, joy, joy and bubblegum. And, and we never plan for a destruction. We never plan for somebody to tear down our kingdom. We never plan for all these things. And all of us are kings and queens in our own right. And so if I'm a king and queen in my own right, it's no different than back in the day. There are many kingdoms. Just some were bigger than others. That's no different than CEOs. There are many CEOs, just some are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. 
Same kingdom structure, same organization structure, same people working within an organization, some same people working together, just some kingdoms are bigger than others. And so with that, you have to understand the bigger my kingdom, the better my infrastructure has to be to protect what I'm building. So because something was tore down, the ants probably, if you think about it, the ants probably moved the anthill just a little bit. Mm. If you look at it, you go tear down an anthill, nine times out of ten, they're not going to rebuild in the same place. They they inch on a little over. Now they ain't that ain't that smart. They just, they just get one inch over. But in their head is let's move. Because clearly we were in a way. So let us move it. But one thing that the ants never soak on because they're self-sufficient. They can go build it on their own. Absolutely. So if you tear it down, I'm just gonna rebuild it. What's I want you thoughts? to do something. I want you to go Google mud for me and give me those two definitions that first pull up on the screen. Just type in what is mud. And then read now one, then number two. Because uh, that's very important what he's talking about, man. Falling. Soft, mm -hmm. sticky mm -hmm. matter resulting from the mixing of earth and water. Mm -hmm. What but information say? or allegations regarding regarded as damaging, typically concerned with corruption. See, when Brother Jake was speaking about, see, when, see in life, we, we, we say, man, you took an L. Now, it's all about attitude. There was a man, there was two sons. Mm -hmm. These two sons had a deadbeat father. Mm -hmm. And one of the sons was asked one day, because he was a deadbeat too, hey, man, why are you a deadbeat father? He said, man, uh, my father wasn't in my life, man. My father didn't teach me how to be a father, so that's just what it is, man. Therefore, he passed it down to me, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deadbeat too. So... In their survey, they asked the other son. They said, man, hey, why are you such a good father, man? You're always around your children. You're always providing for them, playing with them. He said, what's the root of this? The man said, man, because my dad was a deadbeat father. Mm. So what I'm saying is it's all about the attitude that we have with certain things. Yeah. You can look at it as a loss, but then others are going to look at it as a lesson. Right. See, when with the government, they said, well, hey, you breached our, 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 our security that we had. Instead of us killing you, we want to get all the information that you had. We're going to empower you. Now, like you said, you might not want to do that with everybody, the case may be, but you got to understand the principle. Why did you say pull up mud? Because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, when you throw mud on his name, you're purifying him. See, dirt or mud got dirt in it and water. Water represents life or truth. So in somebody throwing mud on your name or attempting to throw mud on your business, they think that they are hurting you. It's almost like the story about the donkey being stuck in a ditch. And they continued to throw rocks over there. And the more they threw rocks on it, it gave him a, a stool to rise up on and come up out that ditch. Mm. See, so when you're trying to throw mud on my name, I'm taking the lesson that I can get from what you're saying. You may say, Brother Ben, that, that, that fool is crazy. He don't even know how to pronounce words. He don't blah, blah, blah. You think you turn me down. But if I'm humble enough and wise enough, I'm going to look at all of the negative comments and I'm going to learn from it. Mm -hmm. So the more negative things you say about me or all the things that you think are negative that you point out against me, I may not see it by myself. But because you said it, I'm going to look at it, study it, and I'm going to improve it. Thank so you. while you thought you was hating on me, you really, you really gave me elevated game. me. You, Come you, on. you really give me gain. So the minister says he has at his house a wall of funny papers, you know, because they said all kind of crazy things about the minister, and he would laugh at it. So he, he examines the negative comments because sometimes when you got – 
people that love you, sometimes they they yes men. Hey man, you did a great job. Yeah. Man, you did a wonderful job. Man, I seen that pre Oh, Jake, it was a it was a wonderful presentation. But then it's gonna be somebody said, Well, Jake, I didn't even understand that part. And you dropped that like you thought that everybody's gonna know that part. I didn't understand what the hell you was talking about. Yeah. And so now that person, Jake, able to say, you know what? Let me go back and look at that. That's why I'm always tweaking my presentations. Oh man, I, he, he was right about that. Yeah. But the dude thought he was hating in the comments, but he only made Jake a little bit better. So all I'm saying is this. In life, you're going to have haters. In life, you're going to have people that are going to attempt to bring, uh, take you down. But it's not what they do. Medea said it's about how you respond. Yeah. It's not what they call you. It's about what you, about what you respond to. Yeah. So in life, you are going to have people that's going to attempt to take you down. You're going to have people that's going to drop seeds of doubt on you, telling you that you can't do something only because they couldn't do it themselves. So you got to use that as the fuel. We talked about stopping and getting some gas. That got to be your gas. But you got to have a right mindset to let that type of thing be your gas because that can that's be right. something that's taking gas out. But when you got the right attitude and know that you have a purpose and know that God is on your side and yeah. with God, you always going to be the winner. Yeah. When you when they thought they was taking gas out your car, they was only filling you up. Now, we don't been on here for an hour and 16 and we said this is going to be about strategies. So let's give them at least one strategy that they can use to kind of increase their income. So one strategy that, that they can use is actually I kind of brought it up, which was preparing for winter. Uh, that's and, and the reason I brought it up earlier, and it was, I know it was so slick that nobody probably thought <laughs> it, right? but I'm gonna use that as uh, teaching, <laughs> uh, learning from from you pointing out maybe they didn't catch it. Uh, preparing for winter is the best strategy to have, because in the Bible there's over 2,400 scriptures of about possessions, money, and stewardship, right? Mm -hmm. And the other big portion of the Bible is about war strategies. So clearly that lets me know what, huh? Preparation is key. Mm. I need to prepare for the dark times. I need to prepare for when things get tight. They say failure to prepare is preparing to fail, they say. Come on. And so when I'm thinking about preparing for the winter, that's the biggest thing. And so all the strategies that we teach, it don't make sense if you don't understand that winter is coming. You're going to die. You're going to get sick. There will be one time in your life where you possibly will be close to having a wreck. There will be one time in your life where you come close to death because most of us are clueless when we drive because we're always looking at our phone. You're driving a steel car, driving 70 miles per hour on a highway with other reckless individuals. There are going to be times where there is some, somebody got in a wreck and the police or the cleaning people missed a nail or missed the glass and it's going to hit your tire. There's going to be a time where you're going to have to replace your tire. You know you drive a car that is uh, dependent upon oil and gas. There will be a time where you're going to need to refill your oil and your gas. Just like oil and gas need to be refilled in your, in your uh, car, you also need to understand the importance of preparing for winter. What is winter? You keep eating bad food, eventually bad food going to eat you. And so when I'm thinking about what strategy that I want to make sure that we make sure we give them, Brother Ben, is making sure that we prepare for the winter. You be like the ant who has no leader, who has no master, but stores its food for the winter, stores its food for when things get tough. And when you begin to start thinking like that, you're going to develop principles and a discipline about yourself that doesn't allow you to get off track. It's like fasting. The reason why you fast is for discipline more than anything. To be able to, to, be able to deprive yourself of food is, is, is the highest form of discipline. Because you need food and water to survive. So if you can deprive yourself from food and water or certain liquids, you can literally 
completely do anything that you that you want to in your mind. Absolutely. And so when you have that type of discipline and understanding that you need to prepare for winter, you're not going to need credit cards because you've already prepared. You're not going to need loans to help you pay your 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 mortgage or your rent because you're going to be prepared. You're not going to need a whole bunch of stuff that we find ourselves in straits about because you prepared for when things get tight. So the strategy for today is preparation. Winter. Understand that life is about being in a war, coming out of a war, or going to a war. And if I understand that, I know that things are going to get tight and things are going to get tough. And we need to make sure that we all are preparing for the tough days. And the one strategy that I have is called drop shipping. Uh, it's, it's one thing that I did when I was in college. And it's basically uh, about being the middleman. Let's say that I am uh, selling um, pots and pans because I actually did that. Uh, let's say I'm selling wait, wait, pots. Wait, wait, wait. You so <laughs> man, pots and pans. I wasn't playing, man. Uh, that round too. Uh, pots and pans. I'm the man. Pots and pans. So basically the, the thing is this. Let's say you find something cheap on, let's say, Amazon or eBay. And the going rate for it is, let's say, $25. But I found it on eBay for 10 I'm going to put it on my own website. So you got to make a website, which you can use Wix.com, W-I-X.com. Get your little free website. Put the item on there. Get your little PayPal button on there. You got it on there for $25. Now, when you promote this on your Instagram, on your Facebook, even at your family reunions, whatever the case may be, hey, go check out this website. You ain't even got to let them know it's yours. So everybody out there talking about, hey, they're going to be hating on me. Just say it's somebody, man, I found this great website. They got pots and pans. So when they go buy for $25, you take that $25, go to the source for $10. Don't put your address in there. Put their address in there. They're going to send it to them, and you just keep the profit, and you do that over and over and over again, and that's what they call drop shipping. You can also use AliExpress, A-L-I-X, I mean, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, AliExpress, and get things from China from the actual manufacturers, uh, manufacturing building where they make it. Even wristbands. You can get wristbands for $1, $2, and sell it for 10 Put inspirational quotes on there. Sell it for $10. Now, every time somebody buy a wristband for $10, you can go get it for maybe $1, $2, or you can buy them in bulk and get them less than $1, 40 cents. Every time somebody buy one for $10, look at that. Look at that profit margin that you have. So if you don't have any capital, if you don't have any, any investment money, you can begin to do drop shipping to where whenever they buy it, you buy from the manufacturer because you know where the plug is. It's called being the plug. You know where the plug is, and then you just take your, your profit money. You may say, well, Brother Ben X, uh, I don't want to do that. Well, they got something called Craigslist free section. You can literally go get things from free. On Craigslist, I would have I would have them meet at a uh, police station or uh, Starbucks or Walmart. Don't meet anybody at their house, especially if you're a single mother By with, yourself. With, uh, with, with what's going on today. Um, but I will meet them at a public place, have them bring the item for free. Uh, and if you got to go pick it up, man, make sure you try to do it in daytime or take a brother with you. Take somebody with you uh, just to be on security minded. We want to be proactive, not reactive. But you can get that free item and flip it for whatever. You can sell it for a dollar. You you're making profit. You can set it on Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace, they selling all kind of stuff on their cameras. They selling uh, uh, tripods. Man, they selling old antiques, uh, 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 lamps, all kind of stuff, family. So the case, the, uh, the point that I'm making is buy low and sell high. Buy low 
sell high. If you don't have any items, use other people items with drop shipping. Now this is the this is the the, the condensed version, but you can go to Google, you can go to YouTube and yep. find more information about drop shipping. And with that walk with that um that Facebook, you literally can look at somebody's Facebook market, take their same picture, mm-hmm. put it on your own Facebook market, sell it, call the people and say I want it, go pick it up. Give them $45 and sell the same TV for $90. Mm. <laughs> like, there's plenty of ways to do it, but I want to back it up before we end it. I want to back it up, and I want to, I want to, what you said, I want to back it up with Scripture. Uh, because I think that's one thing they're going to like about us, Brother Ben. Not only what we say, we can show them Scripture uh, and, um, uh, uh, and what happened. And this isn't necessarily a Scripture per se, but what Christ did. Um, never once... Um, First of all, we need to stop telling people it's our business if you lack credibility. Hmm. See, a person who is not credible that says this is mine, nobody will patron you. They will always patron you if they know it's not yours. Hmm. See, before I became a person of value, before I became a person of value, before I became a person of value, every time I told somebody it was my company, I literally lost the value for what I was doing because people literally deemed me unworthy or unvaluable. So my company must have been no matter what I was talking about. But when I became a person of value, only then did I begin to be able to say this is my company, but not because I said it, but because other people began to say, this is my CEO. This is the owner of the company. And I've used what they said to be elevated so that I can continue to do my work. Now, I said that to say because you mentioned you said, stop telling everybody it's your business. You ain't got to tell nobody it's your business. You ain't got to tell everybody it's your website. The key is so that you can have uh, access to what the what the business does. Mm-hmm. Forget whose name on it. You don't own nothing, control everything. And so what Christ did, uh, uh, what Christ did, he didn't tell everybody, I'm God. He knew what how people would feel for a carpenter to say, I'm God. So he said, we're going to do what the Father tells us to do. We're going to do what he say for us to do, because what it did, it took the attention off of him and allowed people to not judge him for him, but judge him based on his works on sending him somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's why it's always important for us to have somebody to send people to. And that's why even when I'm recruiting or I'm building my business, I always have uh, people to send people to. It brings more credibility to me and it helps you build your business, especially if you want to do something. You want people to support you. Stop telling people it's yours. It's funny. You, we get mad and say, they won't support me because it's mine. Well, stop telling people it's yours, <laughs> dummy. Start saying and start edifying who the owner is. Man, this owner is so cold. Man, he off the chain. I mean, this brother off of the chain. And I may I may make up a name. I may say Ben Curry. Man, this brother Ben Curry. <laughs> I may mix two names together. Off the chain. I'm talking about myself. You know what's funny? I was about <laughs> to end with that. I was about to say when I was growing my business, I would say we. I would be the one emailing back. We will get back to you later. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't lying, man. We, we, man, we make website. It's me making the website, but we, I'm going to send it over to my guy, my staff member. We going to make the website. And it's not necessarily because we lying because one day it will be we. So speaking we preparing for the future. Right. We speaking into existence. So my name is Brother Ben X. And I'm Jake Taylor Jacobs. And this is God, God Economics. Peace.